Hello, everybody. Today, we are doing a studio hangout for artists. So we hope you will join us in your studio and work on your personal artwork with us. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at Art Prof, critiques, tutorials, and professional development. Alex, what did you decide to work on for today's hangout? Uh, you shared, actually, it was an image that you did for our anatomy premium class of this wonderful looking figure just leaning against the wall. And um, I cannot remember the name of the photographer, uh, but I it's this beautiful, actually. Peter Hugo. Peter Hugo, thank you. Uh -oh. But I am working on this. <laughs> What are you working on, Jordan? Yeah, I was trying to find a lot of, oh shoot, am I behind? I don't know, I don't know who's behind, but you can finish, Clara. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 am I, I think that my internet is a little slow. Maybe this is gonna make for some sound... fractured conversations. On my end, you guys sound okay. You guys are speaking like in accordance with each other. So I hope it works out. Okay, anyway. So the reason we have all of these reference photos is because we're doing that anatomy premium track. And I realized that so many people are going to Pinterest to find reference images, which is fine. But the people on Pinterest, they're pretty homogenous. It's people who are under the age of 25 and they're wearing lots of makeup and they're probably photoshopped. So I was trying to find some images that were of more diverse people who look like real people. And so I found this wonderful photographer from South Africa, Peter Hugo, and his website is in the video description below. So if you're looking for good references, highly recommend looking at his stuff. And Jordan, what are you working on today? I am drawing some rhinos. Um, speaking of the whole Pinterest thing, uh, Clara had just put up some images of rounds and she was like, hey, why don't you draw these? I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and so, and I need to practice anyway. So yeah, we're doing rhinos. Yeah, I went to the zoo, we got a membership <laughs> so I can take more photos. And I was so excited to see the rhinos because last time I went, my kids got tired and they didn't want to go see the rhinos. So I finally got to see the rhinos and they're so boring. They don't do anything. And I was like majestic. sad because I was hoping to get different views and them. they were so boring. <laughs> but, but they hold still for a long time at the very least. You can mm -hmm. get quite a bit out of them when you're drawing. That's a good point. Because I agree with you, Claire. I, I remember I went to the zoo a couple of years ago, and it was the exact same thing. He stood there for like 10 minutes, but I was like, you know what? I could use that. I don't see rhinos in my backyard every day. I might as well. <laughs> By the way, everybody, Sentience Charcoal, thank you so much for the super sticker. We so much appreciate your support. Yeah, sorry, I think I'm lagging a little bit. <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. Yeah, we'll make it. Not the first time we've experienced lag on our streams before. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it certainly won't be the last. So Anna is asking, curious what your opinion is about the artist and best portrait, best landscape artist of the year. Some of the judges' choices make me so angry. I haven't seen that show. Alex, have you seen it? I have not, actually. Um, I think <laughs> because kind of what you're saying, that I feel like I would probably disagree with it. <laughs> I just don't have a very high opinion of the world. <laughs> or too high opinion of my own opinion. Jeez. <laughs> it might be that. <laughs> Jordan, have you seen it? I have no idea what what you guys are talking about. I, I wish I did. I wish I had an opinion, but I don't. <laughs> I can make one up, but that would be lying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Great British Baking Show, but painting, right? I think Lauren is really into it. I think she binged it recently. So Anna, you're gonna have to ask Lauren next time she's on the live stream. I should just watch it because so many people have yeah. asked me about it, but I'll tell you in general, I never like the judges choices on any show, not just art baking. I don't know. I've watched the great British baking show and half the time I'm like, you guys are being so annoying. <laughs> Baking, at least, yeah, I have the sense of like it's just television, and you have to eat it to really understand, you know. So that one, it's like okay, I can. But with painting, I'd be like, it's right in front of you. How could you not see this? <laughs> Jordan, can you pull up those rhino photos that you? Well, they're not photos of the rhino skeleton and muscles because this is such a daw thing now that you told me about it but it never occurred to me to look up skeletons and muscles of the animal that i'm drawing how did you think to do that yeah well i think whenever we're drawing anything just like how we say have a reference for when you're drawing the human figure or an object it makes sense to do that for an animal especially something as exotic as a rhino because you don't see it's not like a dog or a cat where you can just kind of memorize it you just, most people don't know what they look like and i'm one of those people and so i figured I would look up rhino anatomy and just get a basic idea of their skeletal structure and their muscle structure to figure out how to draw them. And uh, I find it really helpful because I just need to know the basics. I don't need to like learn all the intricacies of it. So yeah, little tip for you guys. Mm. <laughs> Jordan, you know, it's so weird. If you go back to the skeleton, I think it's strange that it has such a tiny neck in the skeleton like what is all the stuff around the neck is that muscle I, yeah it looks like it's all muscle when i look at this um and i, I don't know what all these are it looks like they're, they've abbreviated all the muscles but it's probably the, they're trapped the trapezius right here that big old uh oh, wrong layer hold up hold up this huge thing right here it's the trapezius <laughs> muscle uh, this is this the sternocleidomastoid. I'm not sure. I don't even know what some of them are because they're slightly different um, than, than I would expect. But yeah, that's a big old muscle right there. I don't know what these pops are, though. So, Alex, I'm curious because we have that giant drive folder of portraits and figures now, and I can share that link later in the discord but why did you pick this particular reference 
I was just so drawn to its mix of like heavy beaten suntanned face versus like very like smooth pale and weaker like arms does that make sense like the torn like that interesting thing of um how weathered and haggard his face looks but then how like soft his body looks i'm kind of i'm really drawn to like the color that's mm -hmm. made from like tan lines you know like <laughs> it makes an interesting name which is why like i'm already kind of heightening those up as i'm applying the color I'm just kind of in in just the background is so simple, but the portrait itself has so much interest in it. I like how his expression too was very jovial. Alex, I wonder it. if one of the reasons why people tend to smudge so much with portraits is because they are drawing younger people off Pinterest because you can't do that if you draw mm -hmm. an older person. They've got texture and wrinkles yeah like oh man like i could have just zoomed in and just done this guy's face because it's fantastic yeah that reminds me when i was in school um there would be people who would have hard times drawing younger people and my teacher would be like all right there are the next set of drawings you're going to draw old ugly people <laughs> for like the next part <laughs> that's your assignment and i've done the same thing and it always helps it's hilarious to me <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you, Anna, for the super chat who says, Lauren said she was binging it, so I thought you may have seen it too. I guess I'm going to have to now. <laughs> and we have a wonderful comment here from Raven who says, Recently, I look at life around me and see loads of things as references also helps me appreciate the simple things. I love that, Raven, because I don't think art is just about making work all the time. And I do think that drawing is one of the few activities we do now where we do have to slow down and we can't just swipe, swipe, swipe. And I love that. Do you find that drawing slows you down, Alex, in that way? Yeah, like I'm trying to get back into just every single day, even if it's 10 minutes, doing some sketching. And I feel amazing after I do. Um, because it's just that moment of like you get lost in it, kind of like you do in a good book, and you just kind of drift away with it. It's a delay of gratification, I think. Like things don't start with you. Tom Cuke is asking for Jordan's 2500 challenge on doing the heads. How much time do you spend on each head and do you use only pencil? Uh, I tend to spend about eight to 12 minutes usually. Um, like I usually say five to 10 minutes for the 2500, but heads are naturally more detailed. So anywhere between eight to 12 minutes is fine. Um, and I typically just use pencil. Um, I use, um, do I have it now? I use a Tombow Mono drafting pencil, but I don't think I have one on my desk right now. Just, just trust me, it's a pencil. Take my word for it. It's a pencil. I don't do digital or use pen, although pen would probably help too. Well, and honestly, with the twenty five hundred challenge, and we have a channel in Discord that's totally dedicated to it. And if you're not in there, and you're doing the challenge, go hang out there. It's really fun to see what other people are doing. 
But the rules are there as a guideline to get you started, but you can change it. I mean, if you don't want to do pencil and you want to do something else, that's fine. It's not something that you have to stress about. It's just based on Jordan's experiences, having done it multiple times, this is what he has found to be the most efficient way to get the most out of the challenge. So it's up to you. Sentient Charcoal says, was re-watching some of the art school scenes from the HBO series Six Feet Under. Some are kind of cringy, curious what art prof would have to say about them. Oh my gosh, that is my all-time favorite TV show. I bawled like a baby for the series finale episode. Oh my God, I was like so connected to those characters. I'm gonna guess Alex and Jordan, neither of you have seen it because it wasn't that mainstream and also it came out i think in 2002 have either of you seen it i never heard you of it but now told I me to watch it. it before but i still haven't anyway they're really cringy art school scenes the thing that bothered me the most <laughs> was that so in art school in a studio you have easels and you have drawing horses and a model stand and the studios they had for this art school they look like a sixth grade classroom like they had the kids sitting behind, you know, those desks that are attached to the chairs. There was like a chalkboard and they had a clothesline to hang up the photos for the crit. I was like, come on. Like that drove me the most crazy, actually, which is funny. That would drive me crazy, too, actually. That's very inaccurate. <laughs> is that on HBO Max, that show? Does anyone know? HBO Max didn't exist back then, but no, yes, now it's on HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Claire. I know a little bit about 2002. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Arby Dick, for the super chat. Keep them coming, everybody, because every little bit helps us to get revenue so we can keep providing free content. Anna's asking, how come you used to make art on these streams? Missed that comment, but you don't anymore. Yeah, one of the reasons is because all the software that we have to run in order to do these streams, it was kind of killing my connection and we just found that it worked better to have only two people drawing. I wish we could do three people drawing. It's just the lag was so bad that we couldn't handle it. So what we're doing now is we have these hangouts, but then I also do draw longs where it's just me. And those are actually helpful because I can really teach step-by-step. Step. I feel like with the hangout, it's harder because there's three of us and you know we just wanna talk about Spider-Man and Benedict Cumberbatch. And <laughs> Yeah. It's like we can't help ourselves. Yeah. I, I kind of think of these hangouts as kind of replicating what it was like working late at night at art school, where you're kind of learning from each other, but also just kind of the camaraderie of working together. Where every once in a while it's like, oh, that's a cool effect. How'd you do that? But then otherwise it's, as you say, talking about Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a luxury of not like having to stay up till four o'clock in the morning and there's that aspect too that I really enjoy, I gotta admit. Probably my favorite part. <laughs> I talked to somebody 
recently who just started art school last year and they were talking to me about their mental health and trying to balance that. And you know something? I have done a total 360 on the whole work yourself like crazy and stay up all night. I mean, I never thought staying all, all night was ever a good idea, but I did think working intensely was good, but I have changed my mind. Here's why. That's okay in art school. And when you're 18, if you go when you're 18, you can kind of deal with it. But long term, it is not sustainable. And I mm -hmm. saw that a lot of art school grads, they come out and they think, oh, I'm not producing enough. I'm not staying up all night. And I'm like, you can't live that way long term. And so I feel like art school should do a better job of teaching students how to balance their time and not go insane in the process. What's your take, Alex? Yeah, I have a lot of, I simultaneously do not and will never regret art school because it taught me things about my craft that I wouldn't have learned or it would have taken me much longer to learn. But I wish they kind of did more, and it wouldn't be difficult to do more teaching of like, sustainable habits of financial planning of little things like that um like i got an email from a school i attended that shall remain nameless and in rhode island and it was an email that was like financial planning for graduates and i'm like you're sending this 10 years after i was there like sorry i, I figured it out <laughs> like that kind of thing because yeah i think the education of art was amazing but i think this goes for all art schools that they need to work a little bit more on the realistic lifestyle teaching That's i mean i feel conflicted a little bit because i do know that my work ethic does come from that experience and i do have a confidence about it that i don't worry about missing deadlines because i know i'll get it done and part mm -hmm. of that was being in art school and getting my butt kicked and understanding the importance of that at the same time though that's my situation that's not everybody and i have seen students really have a rough time during art school and after and i don't know that that's a good thing jordan what's your take on that yeah i think um i agree with you guys i think that art school could definitely do a better job of teaching that work-life balance um i actually remember one time I'm gonna name the name of the school I went to because it's actually very relevant to what I'm about to say. There was a girl <laughs> wearing a shirt when I was at RISD, and you know RISD stands for Rhode Island School of Design, but on she was wearing a hat or a shirt, and it said "Reason I'm sleep deprived," and, <laughs> and to this day I cannot forget that, and it's so true. And um, and it was like a badge of honor to not get sleep, and. I resent that. I really wish that we hadn't yeah. like, had that sort of mindset going in. Um, I think there's multiple factors. I think some people are just naturally slower. I think sometimes it takes longer to learn a skill. Um, art school is yeah. also expensive. So you have people working full time or part time and taking eight hour classes and doing homework and trying to have a social life and enjoy things. So it's tough. It's really tough. Amanda says, I worked so hard in art school, I had to have hand surgery. I never stopped. It's really important to stop and literally recover. Mm -hmm. See, that's really not good because that's affecting your health and your health has to come first. Your art's important, but it's not worth harming your health. And so that's what I'm saying is that, yeah, it might've worked okay for me, but that's not the case for everybody. And I know a lot of art school grads, they have a guilt 
that they're not working 24 seven. And I'm like, no way. Are you crazy? I go to bed every night at 12. Sometimes I stay up later to watch a Benedict Cumberbatch movie like I did last night, but that's the weekend. <laughs> I, I actually have friends who have permanent wrist damage because they didn't pace themselves. Um, like yeah, some, like I, I have one person had to literally quit being an artist because of that. And it's so unfortunate. It's terrible. Yeah, that's, I barely made it out. I had really bad carpal tunnel tendonitis like a couple of years ago. Barely made it out without like, some kind of surgery I had to have done. But yeah, because that's, and man, that's the stuff that you do not talk about. Well, Carolyn says, I had the same issue doing my master's in music. Talking about the actual business of being a musician was not really covered. Well, see, I've done a 360 on this too. <laughs> I'm like the opposite person that I was 20 years ago. But basically, I used to think, well, that's really hard to cover because everybody's situation is different. And really, one of the best ways to learn something sometimes is just to experience it. And sometimes you cannot anticipate situations. At the same time, though, there are some things that never change and that everybody has to do. Everybody has to file taxes. Everybody has to learn how to send an invoice. It doesn't matter what field you're in. And I have literally had students call me up panicking because they didn't know how to send an invoice and that's not good what do you think alex i was i'm in a unique situation because i can benefit from this situation but also critique it <laughs> where i was in a class that was essentially business planning in my senior year that was a class that i was lucky enough to be one of 25 students that got into the class and so i enjoyed it thoroughly and it taught me all of this but i'm at the same time like you only offer this 25 people? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, this isn't a required forever? Like, yeah, that was, so that's my two cents on it. Because it was, it was a very valuable, amazing class. And it wasn't, I, I was a, it was not, you know, I was one of only 25 people. Ginger Cell says, I just work slow and I struggle in school. Jordan, do you have any tips for that? Because it's true. Some people work slower than others. That's inevitable. Mm -hmm. That's part of, ironically, going back to 2500, that's part of the reason I advertise that so much is because every person I've seen who's put in that effort, it actually makes them faster. Um, and so I think if you focus on just getting better naturally, you will improve over time and you won't have to worry about the time issue so much. Um, now, again, that may not be the same for something like oil painting or you know, something that's a little bit of a slow medium, but um, I think that focusing on your craft and really honing in is actually going to help improve the, the speed issue. Um, and also, um, fail faster <laughs> whenever whenever you run into issues with your work just figure out that mistake as quickly as you can and then improve um yeah, yeah. and you don't always have to do a plus work sometimes you have to cut back on the quality a little bit in order to get things done and that's fine like Alex, most of the time, I feel like I'm doing B plus work. I'm not doing A plus, but A plus is not sustainable long-term. Yeah, there was something a non-artist roommate said to me, which I was really grateful for and never forgot. Um, he said, don't let perfect get in the way of good. Um, 
because I had that problem where every project I wanted to start, I'd be like, oh, it's going to be big and lofty and amazing. That's good. I'm not going to do it. You'd be like, sometimes you just have to do it. Just make something. And so, yeah, that stuck with me. MUE says, I think I'm getting harm from paint fumes. Don't think our studio is ventilated. I don't know what to do about it. I come home and feel dizzy, like I took eight tequila shots, almost fall down in the shower. I like cracking the doors, but the person in charge got mad at me for it, so I have to stop. Since I stopped, this has happened. That's not good. Yeah, I tell would the in charge to take a long walk on a short pier. That's what I, have I would talk to your department head about that because that that's a problem and artist Zena says i teach college freshmen of all majors that teach successful learning that includes money management and career planning well somebody asked me on tiktok the other day how much time should i spend on business as an artist and i was trying to think about how to craft the answer and i thought to myself unfortunately you don't get to choose how much time you spend on business because if you want to make a living <laughs> there, there are certain things you don't get to skip i don't get to skip sending invoices or writing to people saying hey pay me that's not a choice and i really honestly for real think 70 percent of my time is marketing and business what about you, Jordan? If you were to give a ballpark percentage for business, what do you think it is? Uh, probably 15 to 20% or so. Some people are like reoccurring and it's simple because I get to use the same templates for like invoices and stuff. Um, but yeah, it, I, I wish I could spend all 100% of my time doing art, but that's not the reality of the situation. If you're trying to earn an income as an artist, you have to do those things, whether you like it or not. So, arts. I do want to say in here uh, the point of like where I full on stopped trying to make a living from art because that high percentage of things I didn't want to do. And and that was that thing that I, I wish was part of a discussion when I was at school. Because I feel so much better now where it's like, oh, I'm trying to make my income through other ways for the goal of painting what I like. Cynthia's asking at art school, they didn't have bi weekly monthly seminars about people with working in the field. Nope. But you know what they did do, which I think is a terrible idea, is they would bring in, well, it's not terrible that they do it. It's the way they do it. What they would do is they would bring in those superstar alums, these people whose career skyrocketed a year and had a book deal. And I mean, that's one in a million. That, that's like saying you want to be Brad Pitt. And it was a problem because a lot of the speakers that they bring in don't explain how they did it. They just come in and they say, I'm fabulous and look at my great work and wow, I'm doing so well, which is fine. But it actually makes the students really depressed. And I asked some of the students, oh, did you go to this person's talk? They're like, yeah, I'm so depressed. And that's not good either. I mean, I understand they want to show the successful people, but I feel like they should bring in somebody who's like, yeah, I'm just doing it and keeping it up, but <laughs> no major thing. I don't know. What do you think, Jordan? It's funny you say that because I was one of those people they brought in. <laughs> <laughs> and so was Kat. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> some of you may know cat paw, I'm part of our prop, but yeah, you, you know, I I think it was nerve wracking for all of us. Like looking behind the scenes, I think all of us felt that imposter syndrome, and we we're in that stage where we're like, man, we felt discouraged um, when we were listening to these presentations. How are we going to help this next generation? And so I talked about like the struggles that I went through, like how I moved to San Francisco with only $300 and was like practically homeless for a few weeks and like went to grad school. I, I went through all this stuff and then ended the story with DreamWorks, which was really cool. So I think hopefully someone was encouraged by that, but um, it's it, it can be challenging. I think whenever you're trying to inspire someone, you definitely have to be careful because your path, your life path and the other person's life path are not going to be the same. That's just how life is, unfortunately. Also, I think it's annoying because honestly, a lot of the times, the reason why these people have that skyrocketing thing, it's nepotism or it's some lucky break. And that makes me mad because if students would hear that that was it, they wouldn't be so hard on themselves because they look at these people to say, oh, it must be because my work is not as good. It's like, no, it's because their dad went to school with the New York Times chief critic. That's half the time. <laughs> like, doesn't that make you mad, Alex? <laughs> makes me mad. It, yeah, part of it makes me mad, but I think it. I was lucky enough that you said this to me when I was only a sophomore, when you said that like sometimes making it in the art world is the difference between having a turkey or a chicken sandwich. Of like sometimes yep. it is just random and that like changed my outlook on making it from oh my work's not good enough to sometimes it's just random like um you send in a piece for a job and that day someone's in a bad mood and they like just don't like it like sure maybe your work's bad but <laughs> it's a good it's a way to get make the mindset more gentle on yourself of like recognizing how chaotic it actually is. Or you realize they're hiring somebody's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Artist Zena says, the sad part is that most people do not work in their major five years after graduating. I've also changed my mind <laughs> about this. Where I thought, oh, well, if you go to school for painting, the best thing would be showing in a gallery and selling your paintings and doing well and having grants. But you know something? I know so many people who are doing totally different things, not related, that they're really happy about. Like Greg Kanan, the lawyer who we had on the stream to talk about copyright for artists, he was a film major and worked in the film industry for a while. And then just one day dropped it all and became a lawyer and he loves it. He works with creative people. He worked with me setting up businesses and creative entrepreneurs and he's so happy. I think that's great. I don't know, Jordan, what's your take? Cause you are doing what you went to school for. <laughs> I, well, I think personally that um, whatever makes you feel happiest is what you should be going for um, in terms of you know art, art versus being a lawyer or whatever. Um, it's not going to hurt anybody, right? Um, I think people underestimate that, how important that is. Like, I was actually having a conversation with someone who, uh, the other day, who was making a lot of money but hated what he did for a living. And he's like, man, I wish I could just switch places with you. Like, because you grew up wanting to do this, and this is what you do day in and day out. And um, the we underestimate the power of happiness a lot. So, 
yeah, yeah. I'd say chase chase that, whatever goal that is for you guys. I had a former student who was a textiles major and they called me up and they had lost their textiles job because of the pandemic and was at a fork in the road, said to herself, well, I could try to get another job in textiles, but I didn't really like the job to begin with. So I don't even know if I want to do that. And I said to the student, well, what do you like doing? She's like, I love baking. I'm like, dude, go to culinary school. <laughs> I think that's fabulous. And once she lost that guilt of, oh, because I went to school for textiles, I have to do textiles or I'm a failure. It was great. So there's no reason you have to stick with your major. In fact, I think it's really cool when people change majors. So Crispy Paintbrush says, I got attacked by a dog a few days ago. So my arm, hand and legs have been injured. Haven't been able to draw, get out a lot. It's been really nice just to chill and talk to people. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. That sounds so traumatic. Alex, what do you do when you just have a major setback and all of a sudden you can't do the things you wanted to do? I really feel like that's, if you don't learn this skill on your own, life will give you situations where you have to learn the skill of that you are not your work, you are not your art, and then so then when situations like that come, it can be that reminder of like, you are not your productivity, like you are other things. And sometimes you just need to be someone who endured something really hard to face, It'll be it like an attempt, like a dog incident like that, or, you know, losing a job or losing what have you. Um, it's good to have those times of like, you're not just a machine. Sentient Charcoal says they should also have alums who come in who are not necessarily using their degree in an obvious way, but can still talk about it, how it enriches their work and life. I think that's a fabulous idea. I know somebody who went to architecture school and now they're a ceramicist. I know somebody else who went to dental school. And I just think that for a place that's supposed to be so open and creative, they have an awfully narrow-minded view when it comes to possible income streams like jordan you were talking to me because you established a youtube channel hey maybe this is the way to go or another revenue stream at the very least yeah i think there's there's so many opportunities right now um and while we're on the subject of like bringing people in um i remember we had a talk with someone who started off as a uh, illustration major at art school and then ended up becoming a cop <laughs> just because he wanted to <laughs> like it was just I can't think of two things that are more different. Um, but, you know, we, only, we have one life to live. And I think, again, I'm going to echo what I said before about the happiness factor. Like, people seriously underestimate that. Um, and, you know, naturally we do have to make a living, but if you can make a living doing what you love, I feel like that's going to be so much better in the long run. And again, only if you love it. If you feel pressured, then maybe not the same, but um, that's what I personally would choose to do. This is how I live. Anna says, yeah, I don't need to hear about everybody's fabulous successes in their 20s and 30s. I want to hear from older artists who make it. That is such a good point. They should bring in people who are much older than 22 to talk about it. That I think that would be so important because not everybody skyrockets to fame when they're 25. 
I heard that Samuel Jackson didn't really get his first movie gig till he was 40. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stan Lee didn't write Spider-Man until he was 40. Just saying. <laughs> like I Jordan's show wasn't a real show until he was 35. I'm putting <laughs> hey, that into the universe. That. I'm putting that into the universe. <laughs> if I'm right, this video is going to be so cool. <laughs> that would be that would be really awesome. Mm -hmm. Katarina says, listening to you guys as a podcast while I'm playing. So after a long time, I looked at your drawings and wow, the man looks incredible. I know this is why I don't like to paint with Alex on the live stream because I just feel really sad. So what I do is I have to do a live stream with Alex. I just don't look at his painting during the stream. It's <laughs> funny. I am breaking so many rules that I tell people to do. Like don't noodle in one area, focus on the whole figure. Meanwhile, I'm just now returning to the body after 20 minutes on the face. You're such a hypocrite. Yep. <laughs> All the My nightmares for someone to actually realize and point that out. <laughs> Reverend Malay says, anyone know why the fiber arts aren't considered art, but are classed as crafts? I mean, I hate that people categorize anything, but the reality is that they do. And there's a lot of debates about what's what. We have a video you can look it up on YouTube where we talk about painting versus illustration. And while people like to say, oh, this person's an illustrator, they're a painter, there's a lot of crossover. And so it bothers me that people think things like fiber arts are so straightforward. They're not. It depends on the person, depends on the context. So I think the more people have an open mind to what things can be, the better. And we have a question here about titanium white. Guilty says, I'm wondering if I'm allowed to use titanium white when I'm making an Edward Hopper copy. I'm guessing because this person has learned your Naples yellow trick to substitute as white. I'm, my shoot from the hip answer would be no. But I can't really elaborate. <laughs> Simply just no challenge accepted. See what happens. Is it really white? There's not a drop of white in this piece. Really? You, you're not using any white right now? No. Mofum Kogi says, I have a big problem with getting burned out by working on one piece for a long time. I don't know what to do. Any recommendations? Jordan, what's your rec? Um, I, obviously, I think stepping away is huge. Um, there's something that happens where we get tunnel vision and we're working on the same thing for such a long time. Um, and it like if you're working on something for five, six, seven hours, and if you're anything like me, you have a hard time mm -hmm. taking breaks. So that, I think... Mm -hmm. Just getting the fresh eyes is going to help. Um, and and also just learning new skills if you're struggling. Um, like if you're struggling with how to paint a sunset, go learn about sunsets and then come back to it um, and use your new knowledge and apply it. I think that will help too. Thank you so much, Boris, for the super sticker. Keep them coming, everybody. It all adds up. A dollar here, 50 cents here. 
it's a huge difference to us. So keep going with those super chats. You know what else oh. I would do, Mofum Kogi? I would try to have multiple pieces going at the same time because I find when I just work on one piece, I get all invested and then I start getting really precious and then it's stressful. So I usually have at least two or three pieces going at the same time. Sometimes it's nice because if one piece is bugging me a lot, I'll just take a break from that. I'll go work on something else. So that way you don't feel like you're like stopping your practice. So you could definitely try that. Amanda's asking, anyway, I can see the reference photo. I'm curious about your lights and darks and color choices. Well, Amanda, if you go down to the YouTube video description below, you will find our Google Drive link to the image. And we also put Peter Hugo's website there if you want to check it out. Because I've been assembling a lot of reference photos from photographers like Robert Maplethorpe and Francesca Woodman. And that's been for the anatomy class, but everybody can use it. Comcuke is asking, any of you use a sketchbook? If so, how many do you go through in a year? I have, I'm back in the habit of keeping one. It's nearly finished. I'm super happy about it. Do you keep a sketchbook regularly, Jordan? Um, no, and the only reason is because I, um, I always smudge sketchbooks. <laughs> um, I tend to just have like loose paper around and I couldn't tell you how much I've gone through. I've gone through several reams of like 500 sheets though. And uh, I have stacks of paper that I literally like this big. So yeah, do with that information what you will. <laughs> but the practice of drawing every day is important. <laughs> Alex, do you have a sketchbook? Yes. And um, good job on you finishing it. Cause I have the bad habit of like getting a new sketchbook when I have like 10 pages left in a new one which is so useful, but I just get excited to start a new one. So yeah, that's my New Year's resolution is to finish every sketchbook I start. Not just be like, I, I, this one. I do not remember the last time I finished the sketchbook for years. You know what I have? I just have random sketchbooks scattered around the office. <laughs> and so when I want to sketch something, I'm like, oh, this one's here, I'll use this. So I never finish them. <laughs> There's probably like three that have like five pages filled in at any given time. So I am just the worst. I don't finish anything. Glad it's not just me then. You're not the worst, Claire. I don't even try. <laughs> I don't even try. <laughs> I'm just like, forget it. <laughs> Well, I like this comment from W315. I keep a variety of sketchbook sizes in play at any time, but I can't say I ever finish one in a year. What I have is I have sketchbooks I keep around the house when I'm sketching things. Actually, I just posted one of my sister-in-law's boxer dog, Maggie. It's on my Instagram. You can take a It's just a quick little sketch that I did. But I also have this baby sketchbook. It's like this big. It's so small and it's in my purse. And I just carry it around. So if I'm like bored at the doctor's office, I'll just bring it out and sketch something. So I kind of like that. And I don't share a lot of what's in that sketchbook. I do once in a while to prove a point, but most of the time it's just for me. That's been the most life-changing habit. Someone came to school and talked and recommended, this was actually freshman year, but they recommended always have a sketchbook that you never show anybody. 
that you're not worried about how good it is. You're not worried about anything. You just make it. Switchinly says, Alex, are you projecting what you will look like in 40 years when you are old and cranky? <laughs> <laughs> I really hope so. I really hope so. I want to look exactly like Gandalf when I'm old. I don't wait. Alex, do you have the ability to be cranky? I don't know if I could imagine that. That's kind of I know I was gonna say he doesn't look too grumpy. He just kind of looks curmudgeonly. <laughs> yeah, I can't I question I, is, I are you gonna start it. smoking, Alex, when you're older? I don't like that. I used to smoke a pipe, but I don't anymore because it's bad for me. Maybe I'll get like a bubble. Chin <laughs> Chin May says, how do you guys come up with the thing you're going to draw? Well, how did you pick rhinos, Jordan? You posted it in our personal Slack conversations and I picked rhinos. <laughs> it's that romantic, everybody. Honestly, it's like, there's sometimes just nothing to it. One time a friend sent me a text of, um, of like these different apes or something like that. And just like the morning of, and I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. It was like 20 minutes before the stream started. <laughs> and I found all these rabbits and just threw it. <laughs> Alex, how did you pick your guy? I knew I wanted to do the human figure. So I was scrolling through the drive folders you've made. And this guy was just like, when I saw him, it was like, yep, that's you. Well, everybody, I hope you will join Jordan and Alex in the Art Prof Discord for a post stream chat. Please meet in the post live streams channel. Invite link to our Discord is in the YouTube video description below, and you should come hang out with us because it's like 24 hour art party in there and you can have better access to our staff and the whole community. And a big thank you to our top Patreon supporters. We have a new supporter this week, Jin Schubert. Thank you so much for joining our group. And we are happy because our Patreon went up instead of going down this week. But we need to keep going up because our goal is $6,000. And I would really like this to be the year <laughs> that we hit that Patreon goal because we need your help to keep our content 100% free and accessible. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.